on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and i love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. In that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For it was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true, its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a Someday for a crown. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, go to the book of Acts, if you would. Go to the book of Acts. I'm excited. Looking forward to the opportunity to preach. I'm grateful, grateful for the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit and preach the Word of God. Um, I don't want to take it lightly. Here we are, gathered together as a church family on the Lord's Day. And here we are, once again, ready and prepared to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father. He's so good to us. And uh, I, I want to talk about God today. Um, go to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, and through the Apostle Paul, we're going to take a look here. We may bounce around the Bible just a bit, and you can follow along here with me. But I want to start in 
verse number 13 of Acts chapter 27. Acts 27, verse number 13. Let's start off with some scripture reading. We'll have a word of prayer and we'll begin. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their, their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship. And fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strake sail, and so were driven. And when being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe God. I want to talk about that this morning. I want to preach about that from the Word of God. I believe God. Let's pray. Father, we need you. Heavenly Father, we love you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us today. I pray that you would help us to be able in these few moments, be able to just remove all distractions, any cares or concerns that we have, that would take our mind away from this place right here, right now. Lord, I know that it is easy to be distracted. Uh, things can happen, the phone call, uh, the person next to us, Lord, perhaps, I don't know. I, I pray, Father, that you would just settle our hearts, settle our minds, that we could focus for just a, sh a few short moments on your word. Show us something special, something powerful, something that we can take and apply and use this week, we need you. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I believe God. You see, the Apostle Paul finds himself in a storm. And I have talked about this. Um, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here in this, this chapter 27 of the book of Acts. Um, I've been here at least mentally. Have you ever, has that ever happened before? You read something, you studied something... And you just can't get away. And it seems every time you read that portion of scripture, God gives you just a, a little bit more. And I'm kind of stuck here and I can't get past this phrase. I 
believe God. This declaration, this big announcement. Uh, And this was a big announcement. In the midst of the chaos, the insanity that was taking place on this ship, Everyone's losing their minds. What do we do? What's going to happen? We're going to die. All hope of being saved was lost. It was already mentioned there. And the Apostle Paul says, I believe God. Now, I had 10 years ago, going back to February, I had a, an announcement to make. Uh, it was important to me. It was very, very important. You see, in August, 10 years, it's hard to believe, 10 years ago, Sarah and I were married. 10 years ago, 2013, it's hard to believe. And I remember that day, now you had to be there. It was, it was amazing. Not just the wedding, now, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the day that we were engaged to be married. And so I obviously set us up. Okay? The most romantic venue setting possible. That's just, that's just what I do. That's just who I am. So we found ourselves on a Sunday night at Akron Spins Bowling. Yes, so romantic. I had her right where I wanted her. Yes, this was perfect. And I knew, I knew that I was going... I was going to ask then Sarah Kavanaugh to marry me. And you know, that, that, that declaration, not just the question, will you marry me, but that moment you're waiting for it, you want to hear her say, of course, you want to hear, yes. She said yes! That's what you want to declare to all. And so I remember that night because she did in fact say yes, okay? If you were wondering, she said yes. And I remember making some phone calls that night. I remember calling family and I remember talking to people. There were others there with us that night. And that phrase, she said, yes, we're getting married. Woo! Oh, man. That was important to me. That was a big moment. I was happy and I was excited. This is wonderful. Maybe you can recall a similar situation, a similar moment in history. Wow, this is incredible. You see, I want to talk about a declaration, a big statement that was made. And I've mentioned it already right here in the Bible. The Apostle Paul, he says, hey, listen, listen, all hope, all hope of of being saved, it appears that it is lost. But guess what? I... Believe God. And I want to tell you today, you may be in a place spiritually, emotionally, physically today. You say, all hope appears to be lost. Where do I go? What do I do? I want you to be able to say at the end of the day, I believe God. I believe God. I want to take a look. At a few of these verses, number, verse number 25, the Bible says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. We'll get to that cheer in just a moment. I believe, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it 
was told me. Do you have a Bible in your hand today? Maybe you say, ah, didn't, I didn't have it today. I don't have it with me right now. Look across. From, you're going to see you're going to see Bibles all over the place right here. Yeah, I see them. Some holding them up, holding them up. Yeah, those Bibles. I see. Look at them. Look at all. Oh, look at these Bibles. What does the Bible say? He says, it, I, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. We live in a wonderful day. So I don't know, Brother Josh, it's pretty crazy out there. Haven't you watched the news? Oh, I know, I know. Hey, listen, the reason why you can have, as the Apostle Paul says, be of good cheer. The reason you can have a smile on your face today, in the midst of a crazy, mixed-up world, you can have a smile, you can have cheer today, you can be encouraged and be at peace, because it is even as it was told me. I believe God. I believe the Bible. I believe God's word. There was, there was a supernatural, there was just a sincere trust and confidence in an almighty God by the apostle Paul. Goes back to verse number 24. Take a look. We saw 25. Back up. Acts 27, verse number 24, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. What did God say? He told Paul, hey, fear not. Fear not. I want to ask you something today. I want to ask Everyone in this room, this question, do you, like the Apostle Paul, do you believe God? Do you believe God? You say, well, this is, this is like something you should be teaching the four and five-year-olds back there. What are you doing right now? This is too simple. We have a world... We live in a society that is taking bigger and bigger steps away from God every single day. And you, may, we, we've knocked doors here at Community Baptist Temple and we continue to do so. And we continue to find people that are searching for God. And we see souls saved. And again today, we are scheduled to have a few baptized taking that step of obedience. Praise the Lord for it. We're seeing souls saved. We're seeing lives transformed and changed because of an almighty God, but more consistently than ever before in my lifetime, I find more and more people that do not. More and more people all the time that literally do not believe in God. Do not believe in God. You see, one may ask, well, if you believe in God, and I've been asked this at the door, I've been asked this on college campus, if you believe in a, in a loving God, then how could he, how could he allow such horrible things to happen to such good people? It's a good question. How? How could he? And yes, we want to point back to sin, and we understand because of the sin of Adam, 
way back there in the Garden of Eden. That sin has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Death. Every single one of us has, has been around it, experienced it to some form, some fashion, some way. I've had family members pass on from this life to the next. I've experienced it near, in those that are dear. Yes, I've experienced it, you have as well. Say, how can this happen? Sin, yes, but I want to remind you today that through this God that I'm talking about, God can be seen at his brightest in the darkest of days. In the darkest of days, in where was it? Verse number 20, look at it. Acts chapter 27, verse number 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. In the darkest of days, these men had been without the sun, without the stars, a horrible storm, Eurachlodon, had come on through, and the ship was tossed to and fro. They assumed they were goners. This was it. But in the darkest of days, God can be seen. I've experienced it. Perhaps you have experienced it. In the darkest of days, God can be seen. Even as it was told me, I believe God. Again, I ask you today, probably ask you a couple more times, do you believe God? Do you believe God? You see, I have... I'm not going to take the time to go into my testimony and to that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but God did a mighty work in my heart and my life. And I experienced Him move in a mighty way. You, maybe you remember when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There was a burden. There was a weight on your shoulders that you just couldn't simply explain. You just can't explain it away. And when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that weight was lifted off your shoulders. I remember that moment. For three weeks I fought it. For three weeks I fought accepting Jesus. As a nine-year-old boy, I didn't want to be called a liar because I had said I was saved at five. And so as a nine-year-old, I knew I needed, to be, I needed to be saved. I needed to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And the pride of a nine-year-old boy kept me holding on to that pew during the altar call. Maybe for the last two or three weeks, with souls being saved in these very services, you have been there. You've been hanging on tight. And you won't let go because there's something holding you back. It was pride for me. Wicked pride. What will people think? They'll assume I was lying to them. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I finally went forward, understood and realized... My sin and a weight, a burden was lifted. I can think of, yes, when I was saved, I can remember as a little boy. And I don't mean to embarrass my father in any way. He's gone and he's probably not listening right now. He's at church, so that's good. 
I can remember, I can remember my dad bringing us kids together, gathering us around in the living room. And my dad didn't share any, any gory details. We're struggling to, to, uh, to make ends meet. We're struggling to pay the bills. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what the circumstances were. But I remember he, he got something in the mail one day. He had gone to the mailbox and he walked back and he opened this envelope. And he said, hey, everyone, come here. Come here. Everyone in the living room. And he opened this envelope and he said, I, there was a few needs. And I was talking to God and I asked God for something specific and the exact dollar amount came out of that envelope. And as a little boy, I saw what God can do. It's just money. What's the big deal? I saw God answer my father's prayer. I watched that happen. I remember as a little boy, my father brought us all out. Hey, hey, everyone, come on out to the driveway. Come here really quick. Now, you guys know that one over there. He's not been running too good, that car. And I've been talking to Jesus. I've been asking Jesus for some help recently. And I don't know who, I don't know how, but this, this car in our driveway, this other car right here, this is our car. God gave us this car. God answered my prayer. And as a little boy... I took a step back and I watched and I saw God work in and through my father. I watched God perform miracles in our lives, in the life of our family. I experienced God in a very real way. I want you to know today, I believe God. You say, oh, well, that doesn't really, that doesn't prove anything, Brother Josh. That could that's a fluke. Got a little lucky. Okay. And can I tell you, I'm not trying to be mean, but I believe that there's probably a few people in our room, in this room today, that that thought crossed your mind. Because you're not sure where you stand with God today. You're not sure if you believe God. God can be seen in the good things. You see, I share those stories and my mind goes back to those moments and I get goosebumps thinking of, about how God works in mysterious ways. Wow! Praise the Lord! But you know what? In the midst of the evil, in the midst of the wickedness, I can also draw from, I can also pull from and prove my Heavenly Father. You see, I have watched through the course of, we're going on, can you believe this? We're going on 30 years here at Community Baptist Temple. My dad started the church way back, way back in the day. Way back there. You know that there are, there are 30-year-olds, maybe in this room, you may not have been a part of this church all of your life, but if you're in your 30s, this is almost, to you, to me... This church pretty much has just always been. It's always been around. And, it, and there's a temptation to believe that it always will be around. But, you know, I was talking to Mr. Moss yesterday, and I've talked to others along the way, and we were discussing a certain ministry in Akron, Ohio, that at one point in history was booming. God was working in a miraculous way. I think of 
the Akron Baptist Temple. And Mr. Moss, we were talking about we were on a bus, and he drives a bus for us, and I'm grateful for that. We have a bus ministry here. We pick up children and bring them to Sunday school, and I'm grateful for that. They had tons of buses at the Akron Baptist Temple. And you say, well, that's unfortunate because they, for the most part, when you, you drive by those buildings, and I did yesterday on the way out with the couriers, and I, and I saw graffiti on the side of the wall, and the building is just nasty. The, the, nothing's kept up. It's just oh, horrible things are taking place in that building now. Where souls were being saved. You say, well, that's, this is horrible. That just sounds, that's depressing. Yes, but you see, what happened was, at some point or another, somebody or someones stepped away from God. This right here. That's why we are not invincible at Community Baptist Temple. The moment we walk away, the moment we step away from an almighty God, that could be us. Akron Baptist Temple breaks my heart that they're not doing what they once did. But because of that testimony, I believe God. You see, through the course of the 30 years, or pushing 30 years here at Community Baptist Temple, I have seen families, broken families, come and accept Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a mom and a dad and maybe little children. Little children, tiny little boys, maybe little girls. And they come and God fixes a marriage. Or God unifies a home. And, and, and God begins to bless and you see them. I can picture someone was talking about it the other day, way back in the day at Community Baptist Temple. We used to have what was called light nights. And I, I want to see about doing it again. On Saturday nights, we'd get together and it was popcorn preach. And you'd preach for five or the, the kids would get three minutes. That was me. I was just a little tiny boy. I'd get three minutes where I preached my first message. It was the worst thing ever. It was so, I was so scared. I don't know what I said. Just three minutes, and I'm sure it only took three seconds, and I was out of there. Oh, man, I couldn't believe it. But there's adults, there's children. We were up there preaching, and I can remember preaching with some of my friends. They came in with their parents. Their parents got saved and involved in the church. And at some point, mom and dad, mom or dad or both, Stepped away from God. And I can picture the faces of some of the, my buddies that I've preached beside as just little boys. And I can think of one in particular right now that's not even here today. Because he got out of church and quickly made bad friends. And then got involved in drugs. And those drugs took his life. You say, that's horrible. That's depressing. But it proves to me that God is real. Because God transformed a life. Saved a home. And they stepped away from all of that and fell right back into it. My wife Sarah the other day gave me, she sent me a video. And it was a video of devil worshipers. So, what's going on? What's your wife doing? Hold on, hold on. Listen to this. I know, we're working on it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, she sends me this video. This is devil worshipers. And there's an auditorium, not quite as big as this, but it was one of the largest conferences of Satanists in the country. They got together, and this was, I guess, fairly recent. I can't remember what the, the timestamp was. But there was a lady 
she was on the front of the stage, and I'm not gonna fall. And I took I took martial arts. I would I would roll right off this thing. I I, I might demonstrate if I didn't have this mic on. I would demonstrate it. I don't want to break the mic, but I would be just fine. Teenagers know that. They know I'm super athletic. I, I, Valerie and I, we won the, the, the carpet ball tournament today in our class. I mean, I, I'm just, I, you, don't, you don't have to worry, okay? So there is, there's this, this conference taking place full of devil worshipers. And you can see in the video, there's a lady standing up front, and that's where the video is kind of focused. But in the background, there's people cheering. They're going crazy. Cheering, all fired up, losing their mind. And you know what this lady's doing? You, you, oh, hold on. Before I, before I get to what she's doing, let me tell you what she's not doing. She's not standing in front of everyone tearing up a Koran. <laughs> Woo! Nope, nope. She wasn't tearing up the Book of Mormon. No, 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 none of that. These devil worshipers, devil worshipers, Satanists, you know what she had in her hand? She had a Bible. She had a Bible, and she was tearing it page by page. And the crowd was roaring, woo, yeah, and they're clapping, shouting, woo. And I thought to myself, this is incredible. This is amazing. Oh, I'm not happy that they're tearing up the Bible. Don't misunderstand me. <laughs> but even the devil worshipers know where to go. They, what, they're not attacking Allah, Buddha, no, they believe God. I believe God. So I ask you today, for the sake of those children, that I talked about a moment ago that I was preaching with, and maybe your children represented here t today. Maybe the children we, we brought in on a, on a bus route to learn about Jesus, our country. I ask you today, like the Apostle Paul, do you believe God? Do you believe God? You see, what's so incredible is, as I mentioned, and I would get there, and let's go there now, verse number 25. Wherefore, sirs, the Apostle Paul is speaking, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. You see, I have watched. I had a video, and I'm not going to show it. Just a, about a 16, 17 second clip. And as I was putting the final touches on this message last night, a name came to mind. Some, not everyone in the room will recognize the name, but I, I thought of Mrs., and there's a number of names I could have thought of. I thought of Mrs. Schindeldecker. Mrs. Schindeldecker. And just a couple of years ago, she passed away. But I have a video of my wife Sarah reading some scripture to her in her living room. On a beautiful sunny day and the, shine, the light's shining in through the window and she's just sitting there as calm and peaceful as could be with a smile on her face listening to the scripture. And then she closes down this video with these statements. She, sa she says, I just, 
I know that my God has me. Understanding, she would, just one month removed from passing on from this life to the next, she was, her body riddled with cancer. She knew she was dying. She knew it was over. She had, she had passed on any treatment possibilities. She said, I, I'm not going to fight this thing. I'm ready. I'm in my I'm 90s. I'm going to heaven. I want to see Jesus. I just want to be with my Savior. And, and the look on her face and the sound in her voice, in that moment, she was at such peace. I have been in rooms. I have made hospital visits where someone was on their deathbed, someone was right there, or a horrible accident has taken place, and the room was not as peaceful. I've been there. I want to see, I want to take a look at really quick uh, a contrasting portion of Scripture. If you could with me quickly, a similar situation, and one we're familiar with. Let's go to Jonah. Jonah chapter 1. You see... I'm asking you the question today, do you believe God? And it's so valuable. This is so important because it can make such a difference in your heart, in your mind. We live in a world that is so focused on mental health. I mentioned that in the Go Rally yesterday as we were preparing to go out knocking doors. Mental health this, mental health that, and I'm not discredited. I, 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 want you to be, I want you to be sane. I want you to be happy. I want you to be healthy. Don't misunderstand me. But our world, while it's being pushed more than ever, our world is struggling more than ever with our mental health. And notice the mental state. Notice where they're at in Jonah chapter 1. In verse number 4, similar situation here. Verse number 4, chapter 1. But the Lord sent a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea. So that the ship was like to be broken. Paul knows all about this. Paul is right here, okay? Not Not on this sea, not in this ship. But he's going through it. Let's see how they responded. Verse number 5. Then the mariners were, were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. Same thing is taking place as we saw in our passage in Acts 27. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us and that we perish not. Can you see in the moment here on this ship, about to be destroyed, broken. What's going on? This wind, where did it come from? These ship, the shipmaster, he knows all about this stuff. He's a professional. This storm came out of nowhere, can't figure it out. What do we do? We're going to die. The ship's going to be destroyed. Losing their minds. Have you ever been there? You forget to take a step back like the Apostle Paul does in Acts 27. What did he tell the crew, the Apostle Paul? What did he tell the crew in the midst of the insanity, the storm, the darkness? He says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. How can he be at peace in this moment? How can he be just fine? Is he just putting on a show? What's going on here? No, it was that statement. He says, I 
believe God. I believe God. Hey, I believe God. Genesis 1.1, what does it say? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. I believe that God created everything. I believe that. Well, I just don't know. Be careful. Be careful. Those guys in Romans, what was it, 1, verse 22, I believe, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Be very careful. We want to, we want, I'm thankful today. I say this jokingly, but I'm pretty serious. I'm thankful that I'm not that smart. <laughs> okay? I really am. Uh, because I watch a world today, that I go to college students and I talk to kids, and there's, there's some really clever people, but they're, they're too smart for their own good. They're so, they're so focused, that they, I, they have to wrap their mind around, they have to understand God, or I don't believe it. Guess what? On this side of glory, you're not going to understand God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Do you today believe God? Do you believe God created all things? If you believe that God created all things, then you believe that there is a place called heaven. And then you also believe that there is a place called hell. And people are going there every single day. I believe it. I believe that God loves sinners, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God gave his only, only begotten son, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe God created all things. I believe God loves sinners and saves souls and forgives the saint. I believe that God cares about you today. I believe that God notices Community Baptist Temple. He knows where we're at. And he knows what you're going through. You may be in your own Eurachlodon, the big old storm. You may be at your wit's end. But like the Apostle Paul, can you say today, I believe God. And I believe what he said is true. I believe today that I am on the winning side. I believe today that I'm not wasting my time. Do you believe God? Father, we come to you. Father, we are your humble servants. We are weak and frail. Father, I believe with all of my heart today there are some in the room that do not believe God or perhaps have never accepted you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray for strength right now. I pray for courage for that person over these last few weeks that, have, that has been holding on to that pew, that seat in front of them. And Father, they're unwilling to let go. They know that they need to accept you as Savior and Lord and they've been unwilling to do so. Heavenly Father, 
I pray that you would work in that one's heart today. Maybe a lady, maybe a gentleman here that is just not sure of their soul's salvation. Oh, Father, I pray that they would get it settled today. Father, if there is someone here that is struggling with this simple truth, Lord, whether or not you are real, whether or not we are just simply wasting our time today, God, I pray that you would increase their faith, strengthen their heart. God, help us. I pray that through it all and everything that I have said, Lord, that it would not get in the way of you moving and you working in a heart and a life right here, right now. Father, provide a peace, remove distractions, give us willing hearts. We need you and love you in Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed as the music begins to play. Let's all stand.